Hey, I'm Mitchell Holmes, and I am the Children's Director at our Waterford location. Thank you so much for checking out this message. We're glad you're here, and we would love to get connected with you and your family. One easy way that you can do that is by texting the word River Connect to 97000. That's River Connect, all one word, to 97000. You can also visit our website at theriverchurch.cc to learn more about us and some upcoming events. Lastly, if you'd like to give to the River Church today, you can text the amount that you'd like to give to 84321, or you can head to our website and click on the Giving tab at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the River Church. Take your Bibles. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Who all fasted last week? No, we're not allowed to ask that. Never mind. Uh, if you were with us last week, we taught uh, what the Lord taught us about fasting. We talked about it's between the Lord and it's this personal thing. So it's just, just a little joke. Didn't go over very well. But anyway, uh, I did uh, want you to see uh, this Friday, Pat and Jasmine got married. And uh, so Pat is our youth director. And so you got that picture. So uh, Jasmine leads our nursery. This is our Waterford staff. So if you guys are like, who's the staff? Then you can see. And, and it's, we really do like each other too. Like this is, it wasn't like pose and like get away from me. No, we, we love each other and just was a wonderful, wonderful day on Friday. And just to see these two honoring the Lord and so wanting the Lord to be the center of this and, 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 and preaching the gospel. And it was just, just a wonderful, wonderful day. So, so, so excited for them. They won't be here for a couple of days, which is awesome. Uh, but Matthew chapter uh, number six, uh, again, if you're new with us, thanks for joining us. Uh, one of our greeters at the front door said, I, I, I feel like I don't go to church here. I open the door and I don't know a ton of people coming through the door, which is a wonderful thing uh, because we have so many new people coming. So, so glad that you uh, have chosen this morning to, to join us. We are in a study. We're studying the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus preached really the longest sermon that we have uh, in scriptures that he gave us. We're studying chapter six. We just got through uh, walking through the Lord's Prayer uh, and then on fasting. And now we get to uh, verse 19. And the Bible says this, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth. And verse 20 says, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. This morning, we're going to talk about treasures. And you're in church, so you can feel a little squeamish. You're like, what kind of treasures are we talking about, pastor? And you may think, well, this is this going to get a little personal. Yeah, this may get a little personal this morning. As we talk about the Lord and his call for us to use the treasures of this earth to store up treasures in heaven. And so it, it's going to get a little personal. And I like to have a talk. And what, what, what I'd like to do to explain that, I'm going to have Mitchell come help me. You're right, Mitchell? Is maybe in your house you've had this talk before. Somebody, kids, I don't know, someone in your house that you felt like you need to sit down and have a face-to-face conversation to talk about the rules in the house, to talk about, uh, like, okay, I think you, maybe in your house you feel like, thanks, Mitchell. He's like, I got to get down to kids' ministry, Pastor. Uh, but you've had that conversation where you're like, hey, we need to sit down and have, we need to set up the guidelines. We need to set up the who's in charge and, and who makes the rules. So this morning, I want to set up that conversation. But it may look a little bit different because I want the conversation to look like this. I don't know if you've ever had this conversation before. But for me, I think about having this conversation and 
It's going to be weird. I'm going to be talking to money. It's not going to talk back, though. But to tell money, to tell treasures, hey, I just want you to know in our house, you don't rule. In our house, you, you don't set the standards. In our house, you are not the source of all the joy and the hope and the peace that we have. And to be honest, there's been times in the past where we've made too big of a deal of you. We've thought too much of you. And we've had to repent of that and to say, hey, you're not the sinner. And so I sit with you today to tell you, I want you to know your role. And sometimes that's to be quiet. And I want you to know that in our house, you're going to yield to us. We're not going to yield to you. You're not the master. You're not the leader. And so we want you to know your place. So this morning as we go to scripture and we look to what Jesus tells us. He tells us to not lay our treasures here on earth. And, and the word there, treasure, when, it, when you look at that verse, it says, don't lay up your treasures here on earth. That word, when you look in the Greek, to lay up treasures, it really is the same word. It, it really should read, like literally reads, don't, let me read it here. It says this, uh, 19. It says, do not treasure up for yourself treasures here on earth. And so my challenge this morning is, Maybe this week, maybe today, you'll think about the conversation that maybe you need to have. Because many times, well, let's say this, I think a weakness in the church today is treasures. I, I think we're, we're a consuming culture. So I don't even say like, well, maybe sort of this is weak. No, I think this is a huge weakness the treasures lead our life. They, they run where we go and what we do and how we think. They're our weakness. And so we have to deal with it. I, I think about, you know, like sports and like teams have weaknesses. Like the Lions, they cannot guard a receiver. Just run out there, you'll be wide open every single time. But hopefully the Lions today will address the weakness and not leave the wide receivers wide open. Our offense is okay, right? We're good there. We just can't guard anybody. But in the church, what do I mean the church, not the building, us, people, we get sucked into these treasures and using them the wrong way. And they've, it's so easy to put them in the wrong place. It's easy for those things, the treasures, to rule our house. It's easy to think about, well, those are the things that are going to bring us joy and peace and hope when they're not. So Jesus here says, do not treasure up yourself treasures on earth. What is he saying? He's saying is, are the treasures of this world. Now, it literally means money, but it can mean other things too. It, it can be our, our house or our car it can be our health that we treasure. It becomes the, the focus of our life. It can be our hobbies. It can even be our hair. And you may say, that's weird. No, no, it can be. It becomes the focus. It's what we live for. It's what we think about. It's what we daydream about. It's what we night dream about. 
Here Jesus warns us. Why? Because we are so easily drawn into to be wrapped up with the treasures of this world to start living for these things. So Jesus, who loves us enough, who loves us, right, directs us. And he's not just talking about luxuries here. As you keep reading down in chapter 6, you'll find that he gets to, he talks about food and drink and clothing. You'll find he talks about, hey, do you trust the treasure to give you peace and hope or do you trust me? Do you think that's what's going to bring you hope? And so all the worry and all the, the stress. Or as we've been studying the Sermon on the Mount, do we go back to the Lord's Prayer that says, give us this day our daily bread? Do we trust him for that? Now, if you're new to the church, I want to give you this disclaimer. I want you to know sometimes you come into church and you see churches wrapped around money. And I want you to know, I think you're going to hear the sermon to go, man, we're not a church wrapped around money. We can't be or we'll die. We have to be a church wrapped around the Lord. So if you come here and you're new and you're like, is this the sermon they're going to ask for all my money? No. This is about us looking to the Lord and focusing on him. It's about us going, man, the stuff on this world, it's a lot less important I need to put my eyes and my focus on Christ to live out a life to go, what the Lord has given me, how do I praise him? And that can be time, that can be your ability. So I give you that disclaimer. Those of you who've been around, I think you're sitting here and go, Pastor, we know, this is, you, church doesn't go give money. We don't care about that stuff. We don't. What we do care about is the word and what Christ teaches us. And there's this great warning about what we do with the treasures here on earth. So what things do consume you? What things do you think about? The stuff can own us. My son, he's 13 years old. Three nights ago, 1230 at night, he came walking in my bedroom. And he was talking to his cousin Wes. So he has a cousin Wes. He lives in Grand Rapids. And this year we've done a fantasy football league. So at 12.30 at night, my son comes walking into my bedroom going, Wes, I really think we need to make this trade because I think I need it. He's completely asleep. <laughs> now, my boy is no longer a little child. So when like a little child comes from it, but when he's getting like, like, who is walking through the house? It's dark. He's completely out of it. He sits down on the bed. You're, I'm like, son, get up. Go back to your bed. Like, you just walk. He's completely out of it. The next morning, I texted my family. Hey, we're done with this fantasy football league. <laughs> my son is not only talking about it all the time, thinking about it. He's sleepwalking and talking about it. It's consuming him. And we laugh at that. But how often do I, right, I'll look at myself, do I allow the treasures on earth that many times are blessings from the Lord to become a curse? How many times do I allow these treasures to become the focus of my life? Jesus goes, you can't do that. It's going to hurt you. That's interesting. I think one of the most misquoted verses in the Bible is people will say, yep, money is the root of all evil. That's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say that at all. So some people will say, well, how much money should I have? This much? The Lord, right? Some people who follow the Lord are wealthy. Some people who follow the Lord are poor. 
right? You, you don't go, well, see, back then they thought the wealthier were the, those who followed the Lord. They were thankful for the Lord's blessing. But the Bible doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's when the stuff consumes us. And then it eats our marriage. And then our kids see it. I think the conversation that some of us need to have, I think our kids need to see that conversation. They need to see, hey, son, this doesn't consume us. We can't let it be that. As we've been studying, we come across the Pharisees, and Luke 16, 14 says the Pharisees were lovers of money. So what happens when the love of money comes into the church, now you find false doctrine and false standards and false behaviors and false values. And so that's why we have to preach on difficult subjects to go, hey, we, we can't let false teaching come in here. If, if there is a love of money, we must call it out. Proverbs 23, 4, do not toil to acquire wealth. So if you are a follower of Christ, This is a warning. Do do you find your safety in money? Do you try to stockpile enough to go, okay, I'm all good now? Do you try to hoard it or keep it? or, Or do you feel like, man, it's my security. It gives me power. It gives me joy. So what happens? We come to a place where we yield to treasure instead of the treasure yielding to us. Instead of it being a tool to glorify the Lord, it imprisons us. And again, it can be so many different things. Yeah, it can be the bank account. It can also be the house. It can also be our spouse or our children where they become the things we worship. They're the ultimate authority. Told you that Pat, our student director, and Jasmine, our nursery director, they got married this weekend and they have speeches at weddings. Man, that's the most nervous time ever for me. I'm just like, oh boy, where are you going? But they had uh, both dads shared. So Pat's father in law, he got up there to share. It was so awesome. He's actually a deacon at our Burton location. He got up there and he said, man, I'm so proud of you both. I love you both. He said, but if you think the two of you getting married will complete you, it doesn't. And I was in the back going, hey, man, preacher. But I was like, he said, a spouse isn't going to complete us. The Lord is who completes us. And he said, your marriage will be full, your marriage will be wonderful when you look to the Lord as the treasure, when you look to him for life. It was so beautiful. But many times in our culture we think, or in our hearts we think, man, if I could just find that guy, I'll be completed then. It's not true. So you may be thinking in your mind, okay, pastor, so you're saying I should just give all of it away? Maybe. Now you may go, wait a minute. When I asked that question in my mind, I didn't think you would say maybe. I thought you'd say no and then explain to me all the reasons no. 
One time in the Bible, one time, Jesus looks at someone and tells it to give it all away. One time. The rich young ruler comes to him, says, what do I got to do to be saved? What do I got to do? And Jesus knew his heart. He looked at his heart and said, you know what stands between you and me? Your stuff. Your stuff is your idol. And Jesus knew unless he could lay it down, he would never follow Christ. So he told him to lay it down. And so for some, the honest answer is yes, you got to learn to lay it down because it's your idol. But the Bible also says this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, it says, as for the rich in this present age, who is that? Yeah. We got bathrooms in our house. Heat's usually working in the car and in the house. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. So the sermon isn't, hey, we we just got to get rid of everything. That's not what it's saying. It's saying, where do you treasure your treasures? Where do you take your treasures? And what they're doing is you're setting treasures in heaven for eternity. Or are you tethered to this earth? So one author, as I was reading, he said this. He said, he, Jesus had a right to lay down laws and then leave us with them. But he never does that. And I love this. This was so eye-opening for me. It says, Jesus had the right, like think about dad, don't do that. Why? Because I told you so. And then walk away. Jesus has the right to say, this is the law, this is the truth, deal with it. But Jesus doesn't do that. It's so wonderful. The author goes on to say this. He says, um, I'm going to find back there. Yep. It says, he states his law, he gives his principle, and then he gives his kindness. He gives us, his, he gives us reason. He supplies us with arguments which will help us and strengthen us. We're not meant to rely upon them, but they are a great help. And sometimes when our faith is weak, they are of such great value. So in this passage of scripture, Jesus, an author helped me to see this, lays out, he tells us why. He doesn't just say, don't do that. Do it this way, don't do it that way. He says, this is why. In the first paragraph, he, he basically just says, here is practically why you don't. Here's the practical reason that you don't live for stuff on this earth. He says this, verse 19. He says, don't lay up yourself treasures on this earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. And then he gives the positive. He says, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. Here's the practical. What is he saying? If you live for this stuff, you can't take it with you. It's all decaying and dying, including us. And he says you can't, if you live for it, 
And he gives three things. He says, hey, look, your clothes. Now, back then, I don't think so much now. So this may not connect as well. Back then, clothes separated you. You'd get clothes to make people think you like were of a higher standard. You'd dress a certain way. You'd have these type of clothing. They go, oh, they got money. They go, oh, they look good. We don't do that at all. <laughs> Says your clothing, the insects, they're coming. I know you don't have mothballs yet, but they're still coming. What you think is important, it's going to be gone. He then says rust. Now this word literally means eating. So some of you in Michigan, we know exactly what we're talking about. Some of you got a 1997 GMC pickup out there. Man, it is being eaten away right now. But the word here, eating, may, uh, many commentaries think it's more pointing to, like, uh, they would store up for themselves, like, uh, food and grain. And here it's saying, hey, it is going to be eaten away. I know you think you have this security blanket. I know you think you have what is going to take care. You don't, have, you don't have to worry about anything because of this treasure. And the Lord says, no, there are going to be things that eat away at it. The rats, the worms. The insects. And then he says, then there's those things, those gems, those valuables. They can be stolen away so quickly. And I don't think we have to take that literally. I think we can think of, man, things can come in and steal things away from us. You get let, from a jo- let go from a job. An illness comes. Those things that come in and go, it was just stolen away. It's gone. Here, Jesus, who's so loving, he goes practically, listen, you can't take it with you. Read of a story this week of a man who was sick and he was at the end of his life and so he called the doctor, his doctor, his priest, and his lawyer, and they came around him, and he said, hey, I know I'm dying, and I know they say they can't, you can't take it with them, but I'm going to try. So he handed each one of them an envelope of $30,000. He said, here's what I want you to do. When I pass, when they're lowering the casket, I want you to put the envelope in the, I want you to put it right in there. So the man passed, and the day came, and a few days later, pastor went to the lawyer and the doctor and said, hey, I I have to confess. We need some work done at the church, so I kept 10,000 of what was in the envelope. I threw 20,000 in, and I just need to repent. The doctor said, well, our our practice needed some money too. He said, so I, I actually kept 20 grand of it. I put 10 in, but I kept 20. And the lawyer looked at them and said, you heathens. I wrote a personal check for the full amount and put it right in there. I think at three o'clock today, something, wait a minute. I get that one. We can't take it with us. First Timothy 6 says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. 
For we brought nothing into this world and we can take and we cannot take anything out of it. Here he tells us practically, listen. Do we just need to hear Jesus' care to go, look what you're living for? It'd be gone in an instant. Your hope, your peace, your trust, your security, it's not in that. And then Jesus in verse 22 moves on to the spiritual side of things. He says, I want you to not only see the practical side, but see the spiritual side of what treasures can do to your life. One said he warns us of the spiritual sense of the awful grip and power these earthly things can have upon us. He says this, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And then Jesus speaks a loud truth here. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So Jesus is giving us an illustration here. He's speaking of, he's saying the eye tells of the health of the body. It's like a window. And if the window is fogged and closed, the light doesn't get in. It's darkness. It's sick. So if the eye is sick, it's it's showing, it's exposing the soul. That's why Jesus, at the end of verse 21, he says, or verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So he's not saying, hey, if you make enough tre- take enough treasures and give them to the Lord, then your heart will be right with the Lord. He's not saying that. He's saying your, your treasures show if you have a relationship, if you know the Lord. So this speaks to us spiritually. Quite a few years ago, we had a couple's dinner um, we had for the church, and it was down in Detroit. I remember that day coming home and getting ready to go down to the couple's night and I, um, I wear contacts and so I had to change contacts and I, when I came in the house, I noticed there were two, if you wear contacts, there were two unopened uh, contacts sitting on the ledge. I was like, okay, I need new contacts, I'll put new contacts in. So I grabbed them, put the contacts in, we jumped in the car and headed down to Detroit. About 10 minutes into the drive, I, I started getting sick. I, I just feeling like I, I just I don't know what's going on. I just I, I, I feel dizzy and everything feels foggy and I'm not able to see very well and I'm just and within that drive I realized these are the wrong contacts. I realized that somehow somebody came in my house and left contacts that were a completely different prescription than my prescription. And it made me sick. I I, I felt awful. My eyes were bad and it ruined everything. This is what Jesus is saying here. He's saying the window. And and when you break this down, many commentators think that when it talks about being clean as one translation or being uh, um, healthy, um, what it's talking about is the way our heart is shaped toward generosity. The way our heart is shaped toward treasures. And that's why it follows along so well. So one commentator said, I, I think it's best to look at it. It says, if your eye is 
generous. If this is how you are, your whole body will be full of light. He's saying, if this is what's happening in your life and you're you're giving and caring, if this is what it looks like, it is a light that shows what's really going on in your heart. But if you're not, it shows there's this darkness going on. We see this throughout the Bible. We see wealth that ate Solomon, David's son, We see Paul's friend Demas, he fell to it. 2 Timothy 4 says, For Demas, in love with the present world, has deserted me. So Jesus, who loves us, say, Hey, I want to show you. If we don't set our treasures to be eternal in heaven, they can so hurt us, practically and spiritually. As I share this, you've, if you've been around, you've heard me say many times, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, I'll say, and if you, if you don't know Christ, this may be really hard to understand. I think there's many principles in the Bible. If we don't understand God's love, like it is, like we're not going to understand, why would I live that way? But when you understand God's love and the salvation and the cross, then you go, man, because of Jesus, I'm able to live this way. And so you've heard me say many times, if you don't know Christ, and maybe you're in here and you don't know Christ, that it may be hard to like grasp what I'm saying. But I think with this point, I think if everyone takes an honest look at treasure in this world, I think we all go, yeah, it, it doesn't give you life. We look at movie stars, we look at sports stars, they have everything. You're like, wait, they're still not happy. No. We'll watch a movie coming up at Christmas, right? The Christmas Carol. There's Scrooge, right? Like the the guy who has all the money. What's the movie? It's not happiness. And so they try to find happiness another way. Will you be kind and caring? But we believe the only true way to find joy is finding it in Jesus Christ. And because of who Christ is, then that changes us to know the stuff of this world. It doesn't truly fulfill us. That brings us to the last point in verse 24. Jesus talks about the practical, the spiritual, and now he talks about the relationship. He says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So here, Jesus talks about the relationship with him. John Calvin said it this way. It says, uh, where riches hold the dominion of our heart, God has lost his authority. Another one said this, said the demands of these masters, in this last couple verses, says you will either follow the master of the treasure or money or you will follow the master of the Lord. So this author said, the demands of these masters are opposed and cannot coexist. The one commands us to walk by faith. The other commands us to walk by sight. The one calls us to be humble, where the other calls us to be proud. The one to set our minds on the things above, the other to set our minds on the things below. One calls us to love light, the other calls us to love darkness. 
One tells us to look toward things unseen and eternal, and the other one to look at things that are seen and temporal. We can't serve two masters. Read of another story. I believe it to be a little bit older than our time. It talked, spoke of a farmer who had two calves. The farmer came in. He was so happy with the blessing the Lord gave of two. They're going to have two cows. And he came to his wife and said, hey, we have, we, we have these two baby cows. We're going to raise them up. And then we'll take as the one gets, we'll, we'll take the one and we'll give the proceeds to the Lord. And we'll take the other one and that will be for our family. The story says something like the wife says, well, which one? This one or this one? He goes, it doesn't matter. I think there was, you know, cow one or cow two. Cow one or cow two. It doesn't matter when they will just give it to the Lord. A couple weeks later, the husband came in and looked at the wife and said, the Lord's cow has died. She said, you didn't pick a cow. He said, oh, I picked it in my mind. It's interesting so, how, how so quickly we'll go, well, I know what's supposed to be to the Lord, but something happened, something hiccuped. And, oh, and it brings us back to the place, do, do we trust the Lord? So if you're in there here this morning, you know the Lord and maybe the Holy Spirit's working in your heart. You may ask, Pastor, okay, I see the truth, but I know my struggle. I see what you're saying. I know what the Lord says, but what do I do? It's heavy. I don't know what paycheck on Friday is real important. I don't know what this, I don't know what to do here. The boss is after me. I know the hours. What do I do? First Timothy, I think, helps us so much. First Timothy chapter six, and I read the first verse, but the Bible says this. And just just some simple practical steps. It says, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on riches. Here's what we do. We look and go, Lord, am I prideful in this? Do, do I take, do, does my, who I am and the weight and what people think of me, has my pride been set on the treasures of this world? And if it is, there needs to be a repentance where you go, Lord, I don't want my pride on these things I want my praise and my glory to be to you. So we search ourselves. This says our, our hope. Is your hope set on those things? Yes, I know you may know the Jesus story, but the truth is, is your hope set on him? Because we can get real touchy this morning, but the truth is, if the whole time when you hear about the sermon, you go, that's my money, that's my stuff, you realize where your hope is. And if we know the Lord, we bow ourselves before him to go, God, our hope must be in you. Because it is an eternal, real hope. So if there's pride, we must confess. 
If we put our hope in those things, we must confess. The verse goes on to say, to not be haughty, to not set our hope on these things, but on God who richly provides. What do we do to fight against this? We take our eyes off the stuff and we move our eyes to the Lord. If you know the Lord and your eyes have been drawn away, may I help draw you back to the Savior. May may I plead with you to go, hey, Jesus is life. We don't do this thing just because it makes us feel better. We do this because we follow the risen Savior. We follow the Christ. We follow God. We follow the Lord. Who died on the cross that we may have life. So what do we do? We bring our eyes back to the cross. We come back to a place of knowing that we are hopeless without Jesus. If you're in here and you don't know Christ. We so want you to know him. Again, this isn't a sermon about you giving. We don't care about any of that stuff. This is all about putting our eyes on Jesus. Maybe you don't know Christ. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Man, I pray the Holy Spirit speak into your heart. The Bible says the gospel is the most important thing. What is that? That Jesus Christ came to this earth. God's Son. Holy, without sin. And he came For all of mankind, the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of God, fall short of his glory. Because of our sin, we're separated eternally from God. The righteous justice of God should be poured out on us for our rejection of him. But because God loves you, Jesus came and he died on the cross. What did he do? He took your sin upon the cross to take the wrath of God upon him so that you may have life in him, so that his righteousness may be placed on us. So then God looks at us, he doesn't see our sin, he sees holy Jesus. So salvation is when we put our trust in him. That's why the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord Not everybody will call upon the name of the Lord. So maybe this morning will be the morning when you call upon Jesus. Verse goes on to say, but God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. And just a side point, the the message this morning isn't Jesus going, don't do that. You can't have fun. No fun. That's not what it is. The Bible says Jesus gives us things as, a, as our dearest father to enjoy. Right? There are many blessings he gives. We, we smile and laugh and like, thanks, Lord. But what we can't do is take that blessing that he gives us and turn it into a curse. He then says they are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous ready to share. 
Lord calls us to. If you're struggling, then fight to be generous this week. Go, man, how, how do I care for somebody, take care of somebody? How do I, it, 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 listen, it may not be a dollar bill. It may be your time, your talent, whatever it is. But to go, how do I become generous because of how generous the Lord was to me? Yesterday, as I was studying for the sermon, I, yesterday morning, took a little break and walked around the building, and it just made me smile. Went back up in my office and just had like a time to go, thank you, Lord. Just honestly, tears filled my eyes, and I began to think about our church. I just began to think about the things that had happened this week in our church, Yesterday morning, there were around 20 volunteers that just handed out Thanksgiving meals to people. Turkeys and milk and eggs and rolls. And here at our location, at the Holly location, just hand, and these people just going, hey, we want to help take care of you. And they get here early in the morning and give up their time and to love people. It's beautiful. Walk down the hallway and walk down the ramp and or four men building bathrooms for kids in our kids' wing. Just giving up their time, using their talent to go, hey, we want to take care of these kids to make sure they're safe. There are things throughout the week where I ask somebody for help and just, just think, man, they were like, yep, I'm here. What can I do? And I just love being a part of a church that goes, all right, how do we store up for ourselves treasures in heaven? I love doing that, church. And may we be challenged today to not allow the treasures of this world to consume us, but yet it'll be a tool that we may glorify Jesus Christ. Let's stand together. I'm going to pray. Lord, we thank you, we praise you. Lord, this week, may you bring some of us back to the chair, back to the conversation. Lord, may you lead us to make some decisions in our house that need to change. Lord, we know that in our homes, our wives, need to, our wives need to see that. Our children need to see that. So we thank you, Lord. We do praise you. May we honor you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.